Hello everyone and welcome to Chill's Corner episode 2. Uh, before I start, I just wanted to, uh, right before I wanted to start recording, uh, I noticed something crawling along my desk uh, near my midsection area. At first I thought it was a spider, but it was even worse. It was worse than a spider. Now I know what you're thinking, you're thinking what's worse than a spider? A stink bug. Stink bugs, are, I think, are the worst things. You know, uh, think about cicadas. Uh, cicadas are harmless. They're ugly, and that's why people don't like them, is because they're ugly. They look like they're going to kill you. They look like they're plotting their revenge. They're like Switzerland. They're sitting there plotting their revenge and waiting for the moment where they can dive into everyone's bodies and eat everything. That's what they look like. And stink bugs, I believe, are worse. Because stink bugs, one, have a smell, right? Like, you can't step on them, you can't kill them, you can't do anything. And they, because they have that smell. And they get into your house. Like, cicadas at least have the common decency to stay outside. Stink bugs are just like, hey, I'm here. And they have a shield on their back. There's nothing good in life that has a shield on its back. So anyway, crawling right by me. I was able to capture it, drown it, and shove it down the sink, but it smelled so bad. Um, and now I'm just in constant fear that there's going to be more. Because there always is. There always is more that said we have an interesting episode this week a lot of g- new music um i was almost at good new music but a lot of new music nonetheless uh compared to last week there's a, there's a good bit to talk about and uh, i'm excited uh as you guys know push a push a t came out with his new album uh i'll be talking about that sean mendes came out with his new album i'll be talking about that uh, I'll of course be talking about the Drake diss track, but not too much. I'll be talking about the new ASAP Rocky album, and I'll also be talking about the um, Rapture Netflix documentary. I found out since that it did come out in like March. That's my fault. That's my fault. I didn't realize it came out in March. Uh, I think it's just because I only saw Logic promoting it, so I didn't want to watch it. I did watch the first episode, which was Logic, and I'll talk about that at the end. Uh, I do have a lot to say about that. Holy crap. Um, And, of course, I'll be talking about what I'm currently listening to. So, uh, stick around. Uh, It should be a good episode, and I hope everyone had a good Memorial Day weekend. I know I did. Alright, let's go. first thing up is um what up rg uh if you if you're unaware uh one i'm a christian so i listen to christian rap a lot uh and two one of the big records that like lecrae andy minio and all of them are on is reach records and reach records notoriously didn't sign new people and i think it's just a money thing uh for the most part you know i don't think it's uh to anyone's fault really it's just they didn't have the money but like 
for the first time in like three years, they signed uh, Gavi uh, like a year ago. And then since then, they've signed Aha Gazelle, who his album was fantastic. And then that was the only thing he did with Reach Records, and then he split, which I kind of get. Um, and then uh, 1K Few, uh, which I wasn't a big fan of his album and what he does, but I understand that he does have fans and people do like that style, so I'm not going to hate on it. And then they also signed, uh, most recently, What Up RG. And What Up RG just came out with his uh, EP. Uh, and that isn't, I don't even have the name of it right now, give me a second, but I was listening to that, uh, that was one of the new things that came, oh, Pleasant Hill, um, I was listening to that, and it wasn't that good, I couldn't, I couldn't get to the end, I couldn't listen to all of it, I really tried, um, I just had no desire to listen to all of it, and it just seems like a major step back for Reach Records, now, a lot of people say that after, like, Lecrae comes out with Church Clothes 1, 2, and 3, and Anomaly, and uh, his last one, uh, All Things Work Together. But, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, this feels like a step back for Reach Records. They're getting away from their roots. They need to go back. God's going to smite them, all that. I don't think that's true. Uh, I, I appreciate what Reach is doing overall. I appreciate what Lecrae is doing overall. And it's getting to a demographic that isn't hearing, doesn't want to hear uh, straight up Christian rap. And we have to understand that much like uh, everything else we do in the religion, if we only cater to Christians, we're not getting anyone new. And so I understand that that's what Lecrae is doing, that's what Reach is doing, that's whatever. But this this album, uh, and maybe it's just because I haven't taken a... a the time to sit back and look at the lyrics, uh, it just feels like it's kind of going against some of what we should be standing for. Uh, I I do feel like I probably should listen to the lyrics fully and like look up the lyrics, and I will do that before next week uh, because of Memorial Day weekend. I just didn't have the time, nor the I did I want to really, uh, and so that's fair. I j- that's just my thought. Um, hopefully. When I look at the lyrics, I appreciate it more, or he puts out something else that's better, or what have you. Uh, the other thing, while we're talking about Reach Records, uh, really interesting, is Lecrae just announced he's going to be working with uh, Zaytoven, and um, that's really interesting. Uh, he's going to be creating a trap album that's going to be coming out in June, and what's really cool about that is, notoriously, you know, with Lecrae, we got a project a year, um, roughly. And so this feels like it, instead of Church Close Volume 4, we're getting this. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Um, I believe I believe that's the um, that's pretty much the current of what he's been doing in the last probably like five or six years. Is an album every year. 2017, 2016. Uh, there was a, a year break between Anomaly and Church Close 3. Uh, but then 2013 had Church Close 2. 2012 had Gravity. And 2011 had rehabbed the overdose, which I assume means Church Closed Volume 1 fell uh, somewhere in that time. Uh, is not coming up in... Uh, Church Closed Volume 3 came out in 2013. Okay, so... they Church Closed 1 and 2 came out in the same year, according to Spotify, anyway. But that doesn't seem right. Uh, but... 
anyway, this this trap album uh, feels like it's gonna be his church closed volume four, and you know what? I I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the album. I'm okay with uh, everything he's doing in the um, in the description of this uh, episode. I'm gonna have his DJ booth article. Uh, that's uh, entitled "The Trap Does More Than Say Amen," uh, or "Say I," um, rather. <laughs> Let the trap say "Amen" is the title of his album. That's where I got confused, and that's a my bad. So anyway, on to the rest of the episode. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, Sean Mendez' new album. Now, I'm not usually a huge fan of Sean Mendez. His previous albums. I didn't think were that great. Of course, I love Stitches, but outside of that, it just there wasn't that much there for me. Um, this album, I have to say, I really did appreciate, and um, I loved it a lot. Um, In My Blood was a very strong start for the album. Um, it feels like it, immediately you feel like he's coming into his his uh, what he wants to do. Like, he's matured into that sound. And that's good. And he's only 19, so he still has time for a little bit more maturing. But, um... It, the first song, In My Blood, feels like it... Really feels like it's coming from a true spot in his heart. Um, and, like, he's giving it all he's got. And he did confirm that on Twitter, uh, later. Uh, not to the Chill Collective or Chill's Corner, but just to another user. Um, and then you get into Nervous, which was also a really good song... Um, it's a short little fun song. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's real nice. Lost in Japan was a single, um, there, In My Blood may have been as well, but I know Lost in Japan was. Uh, the piano in the beginning was really nice. Um, the, the, there was a certain bass line in that first chorus that then just, the whole thing turned into... It's such a great track overall. Um, I'm trying to... I couldn't think of the words to describe it when I first listened, and I still can't now. Uh, but a really good song. Chances are is that if you're a Shawn Mendes fan, you've already heard it. And if you're not, I do encourage you to go and listen to at least that song. Um, the whole song, though, feels like he's channeling his inner Justin Timberlake. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's working for him. But it's just what it sounds like to me. Um... Where Were You in the Morning, oh, overall a decent song, there was nothing special about it, he's doing a high-pitched vocal thing that he did, you know, kind of channeling again his inner Justin Timberlake, and, you know, at this point it is starting to get a little tired, but overall, it's still good, um, his vocals on that bridge, though, were just, they were fantastic, they were, he really belts it out, and that's really, uh, unique. Uh, the next song, Like To Be You, uh, featuring Julia Michaels. This, I gave a perfect score. Uh, a 10 out of 10. Easy. Um, his vocals, right off the bat, were just fantastic. And then when Julia Michaels came in and they did the duet, it was just, they worked so well together. And you can tell that they work so well together. And it just came together really well. The flow of the song is really good. And vocally, fantastic. Um, there was really nothing about the song I didn't enjoy, and that's why I gave it a 10 out of 10. There was nothing in it I could nitpick. Uh, Fallen All In You, uh, it was funny, when I listened to that one, I thought, man, this guy's channeling his inner Ed Sheeran. I was like, this feels like an Ed Sheeran song. Um, this absolutely feels like an Ed Sheeran song. And I sent it to a couple friends, I'm like, what Ed Sheeran song does this sound like? 
because it sounds like Sheeran. It, I, I don't know which song though. And it was like right on the tip of my tongue, but I went to Genius. Turns out the song was written, co-written by Ed Sheeran and it all made sense. Uh, great song though. The only song I really didn't like was Particular Taste. Um, it, it's interesting when I first listened to it, I was like, okay. And then the, I listened to it again and I was like, yeah, but, um, when he says she's got particular taste, the way he says it is very similar to uh, Selena Gomez and how she says, can't keep my hands to myself. And again, I'm not singing anymore on this podcast, uh, especially not Selena Gomez. I don't have that capability. But it was just a mess song. And um, I guess maybe it's just because I didn't relate to the lyrics too much, although I, I don't think I relate to this whole project much. But um, it was a meh song. I, I, it was the every... Every album has to have a throwaway, right? Um, even the ones that, you know, on Ask Reddit threads, people are like, oh, what's one album that you don't skip a single song? I'm like, let's be honest. You skip one song. You have to skip one song. There has to be one song on it that you're just like, eh, this isn't as good as the others. It's not that it's bad. It's just it's not as good as the others. And when you listen to the others, you think that that one is less than. And that's okay. Um particular taste for me is that on this album um why was a good song had a r&b feel uh i do i i'm not gonna go into every other song i don't think but uh what i do like about this is that every song he tried something new it seemed uh, i could be wrong on that but it seemed like he was trying something new and you know what i respect that i do respect that a lot and it worked nicely for him um because I had you, though, uh, two other songs, though, that were just meh for me. Um, and then I do have a couple other perfect scores here. Um, the uh, first one that was meh for me, outside of particular taste, was Because I Had You. It's a really sappy post-breakup song. Um, I can't love someone else because I had you. What is that? Um, yes, you can. You're 19. You know, you can easily love someone else. You writing this song and singing it and putting it on an album is not going to get that girl back, first off. Uh, it's going to make her think you're creepy, and it makes me think you're creepy. Um, the song is catchy. It feels right. It's not too overjoyful. Uh, but lyrically, you know, it's just kind of really sappy. And so for that, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Particular taste had 6 out of 10 for um, uh, keeping it, you know. For you, that thing, that that thing, uh, I can't think of the word right now. Um, when you're ready uh, was the other one. That was the song that he ended on. And um, my biggest fear was that after Perfectly Wrong, which I gave a perfect score by the way, um, which was a such a beautiful song. My my biggest fear was that When You're Ready was gonna be an overjoyful song. I think far too often in albums that aren't concept albums. The artist often doesn't think about placements of songs, and after doing a really kind of slow second-to-last song, their last song is this really joyful thing, and if not done right, it sounds bad. And I was really worried that was what's gonna was that was what was gonna happen, and it wasn't. And I'm I'm happy about that. Um, it is, however, really sappy. Like because I had you. Um, He's talking about how he, even if he has to wait 10 years, he's going to wait for you when you're ready. 
you know, this girl, whoever it is. So one, he's already showing us that he was wrong on Because I Had You, that he can love someone else. He can clearly love someone else. And also, he's understanding that at 19, he's giving up 10 years of his life for her. No one is waiting 10 years. That's not how it works. That's not... If she's the one, she'll come back, but things will happen in your life that make it so that when she comes back, you're also ready. That doesn't mean you wait 10 years for her and be like, all right, are you ready? No? Okay. I'll wait 10 more years. Okay. And then you're 80, and the one who was the one is now dead. Because that's how life works. Yeah, don't do that. That's a dumb song. Um... Other standouts were Youth with uh, Khaled. That song was fantastic. Uh, again, perfectly deserved the 10 out of 10. Definitely deserved the 10 out of 10. Perfectly deserved is weird. Uh, and then the other one was Perfectly Wrong. Those those three songs there, Youth, Mutual, and Perfectly Wrong, were really good. And overall, the album had an 8 out of 10. It had its moments where it got really sappy, as you know I just talked about. Uh, he does a lot of that high-pitched vocal thing, which I guess works for him. Uh, but it gets tiring, and the other songs, um, are good, um, but they, he does have some mess songs, and so 8 out of 10 I think is fair. Uh, it's not, it's definitely not 9 out of 10, and it's not 10 out of 10 for sure, but it's definitely not 7 out of 10 either. Um, which leads us into our next thing, which is, uh, Pusha T's new album. <clears throat> Pusha T's new album, I think, starts off really bad. Uh, it... I had to listen to it a couple times, a whole album, to really appreciate it and give it the score that I gave it. Um, and I'll talk about the whole album again, just because it's a short album. Um, and I'll probably talk about uh, ASAP Rocky's full album, just because I have the notes. Um, if You Know You Know was such a dumb song. I mean, really just so dumb. Uh, if You Know You Know... At first, I'm like, what does that even mean? What do you What do you mean by that? So I went to my good friend, Genius, and he was like, oh, yeah, well, whoever annotated it, and they could be wrong. I'll give you that. They might be wrong, but it seems to make sense. They're saying, like, he's making a lot of drug seller references that you would only know if you know, like, if you were also in the drug scene. I knew the drug references throughout the whole song. The only thing I didn't know in the whole song was what he meant by if you know, you know. And that was such a stupid, boring line. And he repeated, that's what the chorus was, was if you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. What? No. Get out of here. And just the whole thing was bland and tiring and lowest score I've given a song yet. 4 out of 10. Really, the only thing it had going for it was production. Um, I might bump it up to a 5 out of 10, just because I can. Um, <clears throat> the games we play was lyrically better, not as boring as the first song. I did actually miss the first two choruses. They blended in. That might be my fault. Um, I originally gave that a 7 out of 10. I'll give it an 8 out of 10. I think it, I think it deserved better than a 7 out of 10. Hard Piano, however, that was a good song. 8 out of 10. Easy. Um... It's a double entendre for cocaine. Who would have thought? I wouldn't have. That's for sure. And sarcasm. Uh, the Rick Ross feature on this is A+, and so is uh, Tony Williams' uh, part. Uh, and just overall, a much better song compared to the rest of it. Uh, Comeback Baby, I'm going to give a 7 out of 10. I originally gave it a 6. I bumped it up to a 6.5. I think it deserves a 7. I think that's fair. 
the chorus is too upbeat for the verse, though. The verse just feels so meh, and then the chorus is so upbeat and giddy, and then it's just this jarringness, and you know what, it, I think it grew on me over time, and that's why I bumped it up a half point, and now uh, an extra half point. It creates this kind of dissonance. It just, it didn't, something about it was jarring, and it wasn't to a point, it wasn't to a point where I'm like, ooh, that's nice. It was, that's weird. Um, but the lead into Centeria was so good. That was so clean. It was such a clean mix into Centeria. Sorry, Centeria. I said it wrong the first time, and I'm going to get no hate mail for that, because I have 12 subscribers. Thank you to my 12 subscribers, by the way. Um, lyrically, straight fire. Production on Santeria was straight fire all around. Makes you feel that heat he was giving off. And um, just such a great song. I do have to laugh. I do look at the, the Genius Annotations uh, on the second listen. I, I listen to it first. Then on the second listen, I look at Genius. I look at some of the annotations. That's how I work. Uh, one of the, one of the annotations was like, cause the lyric was like hotter than make it hot like hell's kitchen. And so I was like, hell's kitchen, if you don't know, is a show on Fox where, and they explained it. I'm like, it can also be referring to the spot in New York city that is also hot in the summertime could be referring to that, but you know, either or, either or, or hell's kitchen, like as in a kitchen in hell, that's also probably pretty hot. Um, then, uh, that aside though, 9 out of 10, that was a great song. Uh, Comeback Baby, I gave a 7 out of 10, I think we already talked about that. What Would Meek Do was it should have been an 8 out of 10, easy. Um, the, the, the verse was great, paid homage to Tupac, um, Pusha's verse, rather, um, Paid homage to Tupac. It was really nice. Overall, great song. And then Kanye came in. And Kanye production is all over this album and it's fantastic. This is the first verse of Kanye's in a very long time that this was just trash. Um, it didn't fit in with the re with the, the rest of the vocals, the rest of the lyrics. And it just, it was jarring. It was like, why why are you on this, Kanye? Kanye, why are you on this album? Like, you produce, you don't have to have a verse. And it kind of makes me worried for what his, uh, what his album's gonna be like that comes out Friday. Uh, I am excited about it, but I'm worried. Uh, bit of both, you know. And that one I gave a 7 out of 10. Would have been better without Kanye's vocals, but would have been an 8 out of 10, easy. Uh, Inf Infrared was the final song, 8 out of 10. It was a diss track to Drake. Solid diss track. Spitting heat, non-stop. Um... I can't speak on the validity of the disses or whatnot because I don't haven't really paid attention to that beef too much, but basically just calling out Drake on you know having a ghostwriter and whatnot, and then Drake comes in with his diss track and was like, "Yeah, all right, you want to hate on my my ghostwriters, but like I made you, I you're popular because of me." I don't think he realizes who Pusha T is or how popular he was beforehand, but you know whatever. Um, and the the Drake's diss track was also pretty good. I'll give that a 9 out of 10. Pusha T's album, though, 8 out of 10. Solid album. Made me really disappointed, though, about ASAPs. And, alright, I realized, I realized after the fact that uh, I don't like ASAP that much. I don't like ASAP Rocky that much. Um, 
on his last album, the only song I really liked was Every Day. Because um, let's be honest, that's a solid song. Uh, Every Day is a very solid song. And so that's, I think, why uh, I felt that way. Um, but anyway, starts off with Destroyer Records. That The bass that goes through it is just so powerful and so nice. Um I do love how he said, I don't feel a thing, I can feel the bass. Or, Which one is it? Uh, and then also he's got the line, if I'm in your top ten, mine's better be the first name. No, get out of here. Get out of here. You don't get to decide where you fall in my top ten. Get out of here with your conceitedness. Um, uh, he throws some pastor's name around. Also Kirk Franklin. Um, I don't, Kirk Franklin, not a pastor, but a good gospel singer. Um, it was overall 8 out of 10. Solid starter song. Um, then you got the ASAP Forever remix. Moby Sound was very apparent on that. Um, I pray to God I don't overdose. Interesting line. In the verified annotated genius annotation, um, ASAP says, I honestly do pray to God because we live in that lifestyle. Bro, that's not how praying works, right? Like, you don't get to live the lifestyle and then pray, well, I hope I don't overdose. You don't overdose by getting out of the lifestyle. Uh, and, he, you know, he's talking about how, like, Yams and his sister both uh, overdose. And he's like, you know, I, I honestly do pray to God I don't overdose because we live in that lifestyle. What? Stop living the lifestyle. It's taken two of your closest, I assume closest friends and sibling-ish. I mean, definitely sibling, but, like, she may be a friend. I don't Anyway, uh, not important. Stop living the lifestyle and you won't overdose. That's how easy. That's not how prayer works. That's not like... It's not like the NRA is praying like, Oh, God, I pray that this gun doesn't kill anyone. Because, you know, we live in that lifestyle. No, you take away the gun if you're killing people. That's a different topic, though. Uh, and I'm not specifically talking about anything... I'm just talking, like, if... The NRA had a lot of deaths. Like, if at every one of their meetings, you know, someone accidentally fired and shot someone, the NRA would probably be like, well, we pray we don't shoot someone this time. No, you stop bringing guns to your meetings. That's that's how you fix it. Anyway, that's that's a different... 8 out of 10. Um, the Kid Cudi on the second verse is really dope. Uh, can't wait for his project in two weeks with Kanye. Hope it's... Uh, as good as the push, if not better. And Moby did a great job overall, too. The song was long, and it did feel like it overstayed its welcome at the end. Uh, nothing we could do about that, really. Um, there's something they could do about it, but there's nothing we could do about that. Uh, Tony Tone, 5 out of 10. Uh, Puff Daddy's part on it, trash. Absolute trash. Didn't even really notice that he was there at first, and then it was just, oh, why, why is Puff Daddy on there? Um... The beat on the song was nice. The lyrics really don't do much for me. Uh, so I give it a 5 out of 10. F Sleep. Uh, why is FK Twit? Why is she? Is my notes. Like, why? Why? Why was her? It just didn't fit. You know, I understand that there are people who like her style, but it didn't fit on the song, in my opinion. Uh, somehow I gave that a 7 out of 10, where I gave Tony Tone 5 out of 10, but. We'll discuss that later, or not at all. Uh, ooh, and praise the Lord, 7 out of 10. Um, definitely not for the lyrics. He's got a song about praising the Lord, and in the same line as praising the Lord, he's got them break the law. 
Are you really praising the Lord? Do 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 you read the Bible? Do you understand that praising the Lord includes don't break the law? That's like one of the main things in the Bible is don't break the law of your land. Don't do that. No. Oh, no. You don't praise the Lord at all. That aside, I mean, obviously he's a, not a Christian rapper. And so, you know, whatever. Um, Production-wise, the song's really good. The flow's even really nice. Um, but lyrically, I can't. Uh, Skepta's part was really meh. It fits in the way the chorus is, I guess, but it's just weird that ASAP's part didn't fit in like that until the end, like the comma part, like the them break the law. And Skepta's part was just like, you know, the constant comma type things, the constant breaks, and ASAP's part didn't really have that in the beginning, and it did at the end, and just overall, the flute was really nice, and so overall, 7 out of 10, I might give it a 6 out of 10, to be honest. Uh, call drops... Uh, that's, that's a nice interlude song, cute, uh, I mean, a break song, I guess it's really, interlude works, um, it was a nice song, 8 out of 10, uh, probably 9 out of 10, I'll give it a 9 out of 10, um, Buckshot's overall a decent song, there was nothing special about it, it kind of wore down on me, 7 out of 10, uh, Guns and Butter, one of the better songs on this project at first, but it still overstays its welcome, especially with the Juicy J part at the end that goes on way too long. And for that reason, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I originally gave it like an 8 out of 10. Brother Man, love that smooth start. Production is nice. It's got a lot of nice features like French Montana, Frank Ocean, and Snoop Dogg. I think that's the only features, so I don't know what I said like. And it was decent enough. The uh, Frank Ocean and Snoop Dogg parts were really nice. And for that, I gave the song 8 out of 10. OG Beeper uh, feels out of place after the song that just ended. Uh, this goes back to what I was talking about with Push's album. where Or, no, Shawn Mendes' album. Where I was worried that, you know, because sometimes artists don't really look at how the songs flow together. Um, and just at the specific songs. This is what happened here. He wasn't really looking at how the songs flowed together. He was just looking at specific songs. And it, it just felt out of place. Um, and the production, though, is nice. Uh, the switch up 30 seconds in is nice. Overall, it's, it's a bland song and doesn't give me anything new. And for that, I give it a 6 out of 10. Kids turned out fine. Would have been better after Brother Man. Uh, production overall feels like a hot mess. I mean, it just... I couldn't concentrate on what was going on, and that's a problem. Um, it's short, though, so, I mean, I guess that's nice. It didn't have to drone on forever. But for that, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Um, 100... 100... 143rd? 100? Um, overall, the song title is clever, because he's talking about uh, how he grew up on 143rd Street. Um, and the you know, it kind of flows together like that, and, uh, that's nice, but, uh, still feels like a hot mess, verse 2 kind of sounds like a better v Viper, uh, if you don't know who Viper is, look him up on Spotify, uh, he's, comes out with, like, 600 albums, like, a month, and, uh, he's pretty bad, and the second verse on 100 sounds like Viper, like a better Viper, but still Viper, changes, uh, 7 out of 10 on that one, changes, First one does sound like Hobo Johnson a bit, and I kind of like that. Um, the beat switch up is nice. Uh, there was two beat switch ups. There was three beats overall, uh, and I felt like changes was testings every day for me. Um, but Black Tux White Collar was also really good. Um, 
And I think changes black tux, white collar, and purity created great end for the album. Changes in black tux, I gave eight out of ten. Purity, um, purity was nice because it ended the album on a slow song. You know, in an album where it felt like ASAP wasn't paying attention to how things went, he really did pay attention to how the album ended, and that's nice. Um, it ended on a slow song. It felt like a true ending. Uh, this one was actually probably my um, every day for this album. Uh, the Frank Ocean verse was just straight fire. I mean, seriously amazing. Um, and such a great end to the album. I honestly had no complaints about Purity, and I gave that one a 10 out of 10. Uh, just to show that, uh, not just to show, it goes to show that uh, I'm not afraid to give high scores for this album. But overall, the album did get a 7 out of 10 for me. Uh, it just didn't do that much for me. And maybe that's just because I don't like ASAP Rocky that much. And so take it with a grain of salt. I'm interested to see what Anthony Fantano has to say about this. Um, and my hope is that over time, I'm able to rival Anthony Fantano in a way. I'm not coming for you, Anthony Fantano. Please don't. But that's what I'm saying. Um... That's it for new music that I can review. I haven't listened to anything else fully enough to review it, and that might come next week, assuming there's not like 601 things next week. I know the new Kanye album is coming next week, which I'm so excited for. Um, so now going into uh, last time I talked about the uh, Rapture documentary and how I was going to watch one episode each week, and I was going to talk about it on the show. And so that's what I'm here to do. And I watched the first one. It was the Logic documentary. Um... Overall, it was it was decent. I mean, it really it didn't change how I felt about Logic. If anything, it confirmed it. Um, I have to find. I took notes. Ah, here we are. I took notes in my uh, one of my main Discord channels. Uh, I'm also going to be starting a Twitter and a Discord channel for this show. Um, be coming out probably in the next week or two, uh, where people can kind of, I, I want to like take notes and stuff and talk to people and before I put out the episode. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, I, I watched the one about logic and it just, it really, it really confirmed for me that he's just a pretentious D bag. Um, you know, he immediately comes off as like, I remember in the beginning, he he came. Uh, one of the like shots they were setting up was he was coming out of the um, the doors uh, to sit down in the chair, and he's like, he steps out. He's like, "How oh, was that good?" And he's like, "Was that good, or do you want me to be like, you know, do you want me to be like a real person? I want you to be like a real person. This is a documentary about you. It's not about a fake you. It's about you." Um, the, the, the documentary as a whole though, really, um, it just, it really felt like he was too self-centered and thought he was the greatest thing to rap and he's not, um, every, every, at one point he says on every, uh, talking about everybody, he's like, this is the one album I was supposed to make. I was like, he was talking about how he was sent to earth to make this one album. I'm like, Wow. That's such a shame, because that album was trash. Um, and, so yeah, there's there's that. And, uh, there's different parts where, there was one part where 
uh, I'm going based on memory because I watched this like Saturday, and I really, I might come out with an album, uh, an episode during the week that kind of talks about this, so that that way there's kind of like a break, and because uh, this is going on 35 minutes now, and I'm sorry about that. Um, anyway, uh, trying to th- I'm trying to think back on the documentary. The other part that was weird was uh, there was a part where he. The, the camera guy was trying to get a good shot of him as he was going into, like, uh, watching the dress rehearsal type thing for, like, dances. And maybe not dress rehearsal, but it was a practice for, like, the, the dance routines on stage. And he walks in, he's, like, arms crossed watching, and the camera guy kind of gets in front of him. And he's like, hey, man, could you get behind me? I'm, I'm trying to watch this. Nothing wrong with that. There's there's nothing wrong with that, you know. He, he stated what he wanted. The guy listened. He went back and stood behind him. And then Logic continued for the next minute. Going like, you know, I don't mean to be like a dick. But like, you know, I'm trying to watch this. I'm trying to watch this. I'm trying to watch this. Uh, you know, I, you know, I just don't want you to feel like I'm trying to be like, I'm just, try, I'm trying to watch this. I'm trying to, I'm like, bro, you've been doing this for a solid minute. You could have been watching for that minute. The camera guy got the point when you first told him. Why are you continuing? But that's whatever there were just other parts where um uh it, it just the the only other thing i have to say on this is i completely understand why he and his wife split up and i would be surprised i would both be surprised if she divorced him but also if she didn't because i'd be surprised if she divorced him because from the way it came off and there's still not enough details on around that whole situation to really talk about it too much. But it did sound like he divorced her, not the other way around. Um, she took it really hard. He didn't because um, he's actually the worst. Um, mark my words, man. Uh, I'm saying this now. It's going to come out in like the next five or six years. The logic isn't good. Not not like his raps aren't good, but he's not a good person. Um I, I, I'm not trying to say that out of, you know, uh, m- malice towards him. There, I, I don't like him. That's my own personal opinion. But from watching this documentary, it is very obvious that he's not a good person. You know, he acts like he's a good person. He's not. Um, but there was one part where he called out his now ex-wife on stage in front of like a thousand people easy. Um, they were on stage doing like a question and answer type thing. His wife was like up in the balcony. There were a bunch of people there. And at one point he like, I forget what the context was, but he was like, yeah, that's my wife's fault. Um, and I'm just like, bro, what? No wonder you got divorced. And then later on they're talk. Oh, there was another part where, um, they were getting on the, the bus, the tour bus and he's, um, his wife's trying to talk to him or something, and he's like, get on the bus, baby doll. What? Get get out of here with that. I mean, granted, I don't know what their pet names are for each other, if they appreciate that, but just overall, even in watching their Instagram stories and stuff when they were together, it just didn't feel like he was giving her the same that she was giving him. Maybe that's her fault for giving him too much, or maybe that's his fault for giving her too little, and maybe it's a bit of both. I can't say for certain I wasn't in the room. But what's really interesting that uh, the most interesting thing that and I'll end on this for the documentary uh, is that this is how Logic met his wife. This is how Logic met his 
ex-wife. He's 2012. He's watching a show about finding your soulmate or something. He he tells the story a little bit better, but sees this quote-unquote fine-ass black chick. Um, goes to IMDb to find out who that is. Um, accidentally gets to a quote-unquote fine-ass blonde chick. Uh, somehow ends up on that blonde chick's Twitter. How do you end up? How do you accidentally end up on a blonde on a Twitter page of someone you were looking at on IMDb? How does that happen? How do you accidentally get there? Um, and in her, obvious, first off, how do you accidentally find the fine-ass blonde girl? Like, how, how does that happen? I'm looking for this. Ooh, that's not an accident. That's on purpose. I mean, I guess it's not a purpose, but it's not an accident. Accident's a weird word for that. But that was his word. Um, and in her, obvious, she's with the brunette who, you guessed it, is quote-unquote fine. Goes through the blonde chick's first follows, like goes to her follows, goes all the way down to the bottom to find who this brunette chick is and finds his current wife, follows her, she follows back, and that was that. That was how they met. And then, we, I'm going to talk, we can talk a lot about that. We can talk about how that's weird, how he was going for a black chick and ended up with a brunette chick and how that must make his wife, ex-wife, feel about everything. Um... To know that she wasn't even what he was looking for uh, when he found his wife because he was horny watching TV. I mean, that's that's dumb luck. And uh, he probably knows that. Um, but it gets worse. It gets worse from that part. Um, he ends the story with, and then we cranked the first date. And his his wife just like, that's not true. Like, wide-eyed and like just like how can you say that like type thing he's just kind of like he looks at her and he's kind of silent and she's like that's not true it's, it's what the people want like it's what he's like it's what the people want to hear so i don't know what the problem is it's what the people want to hear we didn't crank the first date yeah i know we didn't crank the first date <laughs> what what why would you even say that on a documentary in front of your wife? Why would you do that? Why? Why, man? Why? Why do you make the mistakes that you make? Why does that happen? Anyway, that's the Logic documentary. Uh, so the next one, uh, I'll watch the next one this next week and uh, get back to you on the next one. I can't remember who's on it. That's my fault. I should have had notes on that one. Uh, the last thing that I have here is uh, Brockhampton uh, just announced that they... Amir Van has, is no longer with them. Now, what's interesting about that is there's no clear sign whether he was kicked out or he left. But whichever happened, there is clearly something more that's happening there than what we see. Because what we see, what we have seen so far, uh, and this is for those who are unaware, is that Amir Van's ex-girlfriend plus one other chick kind of came out with allegations towards him. That seemed a little far-fetched, but not too much. And then he apologized. He said, you know what? In, in the past, I did behave kind of recklessly. But I never, like, did anything like what these guys are saying. He's, you know, the, the girl was saying something about, like, a knife or something or whatever. And he's like, yeah, no, no, no. What? No, no, no. And then uh, Brockhampton was just like, all right, well, you know what? We'll, we won't make any decisions. We'll wait for this all to play out. We'll see what happens. You know, we and they came out and they said we don't support his actions, but we're here to walk him through as he gets better, as he gets better in life, as he matures, whatever. And at the time, that seemed like a reasonable thing. And then uh, something new came out 
And they put out a press release that said, look, um, we didn't realize how far it went. We didn't realize we, we are hurt. We were lied to. And Amir Van is no longer with us. Now, that to me, that sounds like he was kicked out. Uh, not that he left, but maybe he left before he got the chance to be kicked out. It seems like it was going to happen either way, whatever. And I'm really interested to see how that plays out. But something tells me we won't. Uh, we won't see what happens in Amir Van's life. Uh, maybe he'll go to jail. Maybe this will like strike up something. I don't know. Um, but it's it's kind of a bummer that he's out. But I think Brockhampton can still exist without him. I mean, there are 13 people now. Uh, not 14. But I think it still could work. Uh, unfortunately for this episode, I don't have it currently listening to that's new. Um, I tried to like make something up. But uh, I've really just been listening to the Black Keys for the last week. Um, I took a road trip to my vacation house, uh, my grandparents' vacation house, and that was a two-hour trip, and I had a playlist all made out and all that, and, um, I realized that when I got in the car, I was like, hey, I want to listen to Black Keys, and I listened to Black Keys, and then when I got there, you know, I had chances to, like, read and all that, and while I was doing that, I realized that I wanted to listen to little Black Keys, and then on the way home, you guessed it, I listened to the Black Keys, so... I don't really have anything new of what I'm listening to. I guess that covers that section. Um, so on that note, thank you for listening. Uh, real quick, I do want to talk about... I didn't mention it in my intro. And if you're listening this far, that's great. Um, I do have what's called a tip jar uh, through our host. Um, it'll be in the description below. That if you click on... If you could donate if you as you see fit. If you see fit. Um, basically... I put in my own money to everything the Chill Collective is, uh, and I need to get money back somehow, and I'm not going to do it through ads. And so anything you can donate, if a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, whatever, whatever you see fit to, to donate, um, whatever you see this this podcast is worth, um, over time, I do want to come out with... Um, episodes coming out like maybe a day earlier for paid subscribers than uh non-paid but i have to get my my listeners up um and so yeah that that's it for this episode have a great have a great week i think i said weekend before have a great week uh i'm i'm slowly getting better at this whole talking thing i made it for 45 minutes this is a pretty long episode and i don't see all episodes making it this long but whatever have a great week uh, I say now for the third time, and thank you for listening.